Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. This week, one of my more regular guests on Vision on Sound, Paul Chandler, the shy yeti himself, is back. And we're going to take a nostalgic meander that starts off with a few reflections on what it was like growing up in the video age, or rather, growing up in an era when we consumed our films and perhaps to a lesser extent television, at least as far as the video rental shops were concerned, via the medium of videotape. But of course, because it's Paul and I, we also meander off into topics like how we consume such media in more recent times too. Uh, The whole world of collecting physical media, Paul's own dalliances with television production, and we even give a mention to his pet cat, Dealey, and his efforts to sabotage Paul's viewing and editing routines. So why not join me as I fire up the Fab Radio International time engines and set the controls for the age of chunky buttons, programming, top-loading, and V. H.S. Hello, Paul. How the heck are you? Oh, very good. Thanks, Martin. How are you doing? Oh, ticking along, man. Ticking along. As ever on the show, we are going to talk a little bit about television today. We're not necessarily sure quite what direction Mm. this is going to go in. But we're going to look at the sort of broader picture of television. We're not going to look at anything specific today. But I did wonder, because uh, I know now that you recently celebrated your half century on planet Earth. I believe so. <laughs> and I just thought it was one of those things. I know that you like detective dramas. I know that you like your Australian soaps. And I know that you like your horror and everything like that. But it crossed my mind that I was wondering, of your great many years, <laughs> what do you think you've watched the most over those years? Um, do you have a genre that you think, actually, I've watched a lot more, say, cop shows than horror shows? Or, I, think, or... I think it's almost like uh, some shows are a gateway drug to other shows. Mm. <laughs> you get so I can see how the scary moments of Doctor Who were mm. the... You know, a lot of people I talk to who like horror films say mm. that they're talking about getting sort of like off videos uh, or, mm. or if they're like a bit older around that time when there was like video nasties and, mm. and, and there were people swapping videos and things. Mm. And, and uh, that was never really my experience. Mm. But I can see how Doctor Who was... The, the sort of, I mean, that's mm. what, what I like about the cliffhangers and why I kind of miss the lack of cliffhangers a lot of the time in New Who yeah. is, is the scary bits. Yeah, but were you around for the first phase of video or did you kind of miss out on that? Because basically the early days of video was mostly, in my experience, was people watching films. It was, you mm. know, we'd, we'd go to yeah. the video shop of a Saturday night and, and look what was on the shelves and people would work their way slowly through this vast yeah. range of films because in those days the film choice, we had three, four channels, the film choices were basically what was on the telly or Mm. what was down the video shop. Mm. So we didn't really watch old telly through the medium of video. So a lot of our joint video history is is of watching films. Yeah. But were you a bit later than Uh, that? Yeah, probably was. The first time I even went into like a Blockbusters wasn't Mm. until I was at university in the early 90s. Mm. 
Right. But but I already owned my own video by that point. Right. But I was probably buying the Doctor Who's and even though I'm not a massive Star Trek fan, I did buy one or two of mm. the Next Generations when that was a new mm. thing. Um, so mm. it was... So it was mostly sci-fi you were buying? Well, I, I guess I was also sort of making my own library with, you yeah. know, with videoing stuff. I certainly, that's probably how I got on. Because the next step after Doctor Who was probably things like Miss Marple or Bertrand, mm. um, which mm. aren't really scary, but they're a mm. bit more adult than Doctor mm. Who and his murders. And so that probably put, put me in on that, that mm. line. But then once I had my own video, I was able to video like, oh, like a Hammer film that's on tonight mm. or, or Twilight Zone. Or mm. I, I was able to sort of slowly find my... I was a right sort of scaredy cat when it came mm. to um, horror when I first had mm. a video. and and Because I, when I went to a Blockbusters, I don't think... I don't really remember ever renting something from Blockbusters. But you often went to Blockbusters and they'd mm. be selling slight things like Evil Dead or Friday the 13th no. or whatever for a fiver. Yeah. And, and that was, mm. as a student, that was affordable. Mm. Um, so I, I te- I, even then I sort of had the view that, no, I don't want to borrow it because if I like mm. it, then I want to keep it. And mm. of course, if I don't like it, then tough luck. I've still, I'm, yeah. I, I can also keep it. But, <laughs> um, but I used to watch horror films and kind of whiz through them first with visual search. So I knew what, when the scary bits were coming up. I suppose the beauty of video was that if you bought a film and you really didn't like it, you could just put that bit of sellotape over it and record over it. Yeah, you could do that, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think the interesting thing about having home video, I mean, again, I mean, there was an awful lot of suggestions that we were all in breach of copyright for having the stuff we'd taped off the telly. I mean, I've still got boxes of tapes in this house. I sometimes say if anybody wants them, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I recorded television I got a video in 1987 and I recorded television pretty much non-stop till about 2010. Mm. There's a lot of stuff in those boxes, yeah. most of which I've since acquired on DVD. But there are certain things on there that are probably quite obscure, but probably not obscure enough for anybody to be doing cartwheels. Yeah. But the thing about video to me is that we could only record one channel at a time. Yeah. So if you went out for the evening, you know, and there were two things you wanted to record, where would your preference have gone? Say there was a, a decent horror film or a Bergerac, which would you have recorded? I know they wouldn't have been on at the same time anyway, because it's Bergerac, <laughs> but yeah. I don't think I was so much into Bergerac at the time of it being screened mm. that I cared about. I don't think I collected Bergerac. Right. I watched it. But mm. by the time I had a video, I might have been slightly... It wasn't at its best in the last couple of years, mm. perhaps. And that's around the time mm. I got a video. So mm. I don't know. I think it was a slow burn with Bergerac a mm. bit because Jersey was a place I went with my parents. And, mm. and I went back also a couple of times in the, in the noughties with friends. So probably, yeah, it depends. Because obviously you only get a certain level of, of horror film. You probably mm. might get a Hammer film or an Amicus or... Although I think the first time I ever saw The Wicker Man was on, I don't know, BBC late at night. I didn't even know what it mm. was. I didn't know it was a cult film. I watched mm. it and I didn't talk to anyone about watching it. So mm. I, whenever it was I first watched it, I don't think, certainly amongst my friends, it was really known as mm. being such a... Or it was slightly before it became mm. such a big film, or certainly. Well, sometimes things become sort of trendy, don't they? I mean, that's yeah. an interesting development, really. That something that actually was quite commonplace, and people just, oh yeah, I'll watch that. But you know, suddenly, I think, I think the way people feel their relationship with films and television in in recent years has become more proprietorial, if you like. But I think that in the days when 
I was taping films off the telly, for example. Mm. They were enormous. These all these films that I could have taped back then are now sort of the stuff that is on the on the streaming platform. It's always there, you know, all the Indiana Jones films or films like that, which at the time when they came on you know, on the big Christmas screenings, you'd set your video, you the Empire Strikes Back or something like that. You'd really want to get a copy of it. And yet I feel that somehow film has become in some ways smaller because nowadays you don't really feel that when a film comes on the telly, you've not already seen it. You know, they felt really special and unattainable in those days because, you know, they were at the cinema for a brief amount of time and then they went away and then maybe you could buy the tape, but they weren't all available and maybe yeah. you could get them. You know, you, I mean, I think the only version of The Empire Strikes Back I had for about 10 years was the one I recorded on Christmas Day 1989 or whenever it was. It was that kind of importance that you tape these things to own forever on video, mm. ironically. It's almost the reverse. I feel almost the reverse. So we've got two cinemas now in Salisbury. We only mm. used to have one. It's not that mm. big a city to have two. But mm. I thought that the, the newer cinema is much more sort of like a... You would have thought it would have been an art cinema. It looks like an mm. art cinema. It's a lot more on the experience on the... or focus on the comfort and mm. like you get a waiter that comes up and would you like a drink, sir, and all that sort of... Mm. But... They are at the moment running totally in competition with the Odeon mm. that's then gone and dropped its prices. But they're literally showing the same films, which makes no sense to mm. me because most of those films I have no interest in because they're all mm. very modern films and mm. and often seem to be going for the same demographic. Mm. And you think, actually, why is this not like an art cinema? In that it, mm. Offer I mean, an alternative think, kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. show some... Because as I was saying, it's sort of like the reverse... A lot of films I've only seen on TV because, mm. like, you know, films from the 60s, 70s, even the 80s, I never saw them at the cinema, but I may own mm. them and really love them. I mean, I'm, I'm quite a big Woody Allen fan. Mm. So when, I think, the two or three years ago, the National Film Theatre or somewhere on the South Bank, mm. the, anyway, they did a Woody Allen season, mm. and I was able to get tickets for a tenor to see a couple of his films on mm. on the screen so it's, it's almost like the reverse i've got to know certain films via the tv by either seeing them on the tv or buying them on video and watching them on the tv mm. so now what i'd like to do is see them on the big screen uh, mm, um mm. but that you know, that's really in the hands of whether someone's going to do a, a season or, mm. or um, a particular well season. certainly in, in the course of your lifetime we've gone from I suppose the biggest TV screens were probably about, what, 28 inches and you were watching them on videotape to people mm. having 100-inch home cinemas, you know, mm. and 4K this. I mean, I, the development in home entertainment, you know, the actual what you can do in your house, for some people it actually it feels that they don't need to go to the cinema anymore because they've got that set up at home. But do you actually still enjoy going to the cinema? Well, no. But ah. that's not the point. <laughs> um, I don't only... Well, only because I've sort of had this rheumatism thing going on, so it's not very oh, comfortable okay. no. sitting in some of those seats, seats, seats yeah, or yeah. not being able to stretch your legs when you need to. And so the last, I have been three times this year, and mm. you know, none of the experiences were terribly. It is interesting that actually but... I noticed. I mean, for example, a couple of days ago, Jason Manford was complaining about the amount of litter that oh, was yes, left in a theatre show that he did, and I think it was interesting from that point of view that the, I think the last time I went to the cinema, which is actually quite a long time ago, it was like people just. I don't know whether lockdown changed people's relationship with the screen and public places, but people do seem to treat 
the cinema as if it's their own living room. So they'll carry on chatting, they'll carry on looking at mm-hmm. the phone and everything like that. And it actually, if you are just trying to watch the film and listen, I think sometimes it can feel a little bit like, you know, if you um, were watching a programme at home and somebody came round and they weren't really watching it and they wanted to talk to you, <laughs> yeah. but you were really wanting to watch this programme, you have a favourite programme and, and it's only on and you weren't recording it and whatever reason. Again, mm. nowadays, everything's available on streaming about half an hour later, so it actually doesn't matter if you miss anything, but it still sort of feels slightly invasive but when you're paying for your cinema ticket and somebody's just yattering next to your left ear it does kind of spoil the experience a bit well i mean i was watching doctor who on saturday with friends and the thing is i'm so used Mm. to watching things on my laptop now i've almost given up Mm. the tv in our living room barely gets turned on now because i just i like listening with my earphones Mm. sometimes i have hearing problems sporadically anyway and i just find i'm better with the earphones on the screen you know, um, it's only I can t- almost touch it from where I'm sitting. I don't know how mm. good that is in my eyes, but um, with, with headphones, I think you mm. catch every word. But I actually find when I'm at my friend's house watching TV with them, I feel, gosh, the TV seems so far away compared to the laptop screen. Mm. And may- maybe if you, the, there's a bit of conversation that distracts you, mm. or the volume isn't quite as loud enough that you would like it mm. to be, you feel like you can't, as it's not your TV, you can't keep saying, can you turn it up? Yeah, can you turn polite. it up? Yeah. yeah, so it's another one. It's interesting, um, though, that, because when you think about it, the way we watch television has changed quite a lot since the days of getting the VHS and, and what have you. But what fascinates me about this is that all these new releases, DVD is, is wonderful picture quality on the adverts, and then suddenly, oh, no, DVD is rubbish, here's Blu-ray, and then, and then oh, no, no, but, but Blu-ray's rubbish because now you've got 4K. But actually, if you're watching it on a screen that's... 12, 14 inches across, like on a laptop or on a phone, actually that image quality sort of doesn't matter. Mm. So it is in some ways just a marketing exercise. You know, it just becomes another way to sell you the same stuff again. Yeah. I I also, I I do find the busy podcasters, Mm. I probably only, because I've got a totally different routine the last few years, what with not working. Mm. I try and, the good thing about the new neighbours is that you can, it's ready to go. I mean, I could eat, literally, I think I could eat it with my breakfast now if mm. I wanted to. It's up there on the site that early. Mm. I can certainly watch it. But mm. I often spend the morning reading and then I watch a bit of mm. something whilst I'm having my lunch. Mm. Then I usually do a bit of editing. Mm. Then I play my computer games for an hour or more, depending if anyone's around. Then in the evening, I sort of balance between editing and watching mm. stuff. But also, Dealey the Cat dictates slightly <laughs> what I can do. I mean, usually, if Dealey the Cat is being very dominant, then the editing is what suffers because mm. I can't keep reaching forward or walking around. He doesn't, li- he puts his paws on my hand mm. to go, Stop, I'm here now. Uh-huh. So it's easier to watch right, it. So I'm like, okay, dear, what do you want to watch? Are we going to watch Ghost? Well, I know people say, you know, that I'm here, I'm a person, stop looking at your screen, but uh, you're actually being stopped by editing by your cat. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, and, and also, also when I'm playing on computer games, he drapes his paws over the controller. Uh, so, so I'm like trying to, I'm like, deal with, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fight mm. somebody. Um, or who See, I'm, I'm, stand I'm intrigued up. by this the fact that you can edit and watch TV at the same time. Does, uh, no, does no. your ability to follow plots not get affected by that? Well, I mean, I'm not literally editing and watching. I'm I'm swapping right. between the two. So, uh, like, 10 minutes of editing here, maybe 20 minutes ah. or something. But because it's all on the laptop, it's just mm. another tab. Um, but 
that uh, yeah it, it, I mean I have so many tabs open because I have I even have things like WhatsApp on my computer and mm. so I can be replying to messages or, or right. uh, yeah, it just does depend on do you think that's an age thing do you think that's because you grew up doing that I feel that, you know, that sort of multitasking thing seems to come easier to other people. I, I tend to find that I'm very, I'm either focused on the program I'm watching or I'm focused on the thing I'm doing. You know, I'm doing, it's funny, when I was a student a long time ago, I had a portable black and white TV mm. in my room mm. and I used to have that on constantly while I was working. And weirdly enough, because it was behind me, I used to actually be watching the reflection of a lot of television in the window. But mm. that's, that's just by the by. But the thing was, I could follow plots and carry on working. But nowadays, I find if I'm doing artwork or something, I really seriously cannot, or if I'm doing editing on the shows, I really seriously cannot be watching a programme. So I end up with racks and racks and racks of DVDs that I haven't watched yet, or films that I haven't watched yet, because I can't do both. And I just think, I don't know. This ability to multitask intrigues me. I, well, I mean, I do have set sort of rules, rules in my head, like right. um, or, or what feels okay for me. That yeah, when I'm editing, I don't have anything else on. Mm. But when I'm perhaps loading it onto the the websites mm. or waiting things to load up, I often listen to podcasts then mm. because you're kind of you need to be near the computer, but you need to have the visuals of the thing loading up. Mm. But you can say, but you you're able to have something in in your ear mm. whilst you're doing that sort of mm. stuff, or the or the sort of social media side of it. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if the multitasking comes from being a librarian for twenty five years or however mm. long it was I was. Mm. Um, yeah, but if you were watching an episode of like I know you've we've talked recently about you know the shows you've been finding on YouTube. Mm. I mean, you are absolutely focused on watching that episode unless it's quite dull and then you sort of drift to your phone is that basically yeah, how it works? yeah that's pretty much it yeah mm. or i just kind of maybe get a hankering that i ought to just be doing a little bit more on the on the episode that i'm editing or uh, it's yeah mm. really sort of uh, it is very easy to get distracted and go or just check a message and then find this is a bit more than i thought it was i have to pause depending if someone's having a crisis or um or, or ah, yes, just, of course i suppose yeah, it does yeah. depend on how engaging <laughs> the actual television is yeah i get yeah. that so but in terms of again getting back to you had your your video machine we, i suppose the question i asked right at the top of the show was do you still have those tapes i think they're pretty much all gone now um mm. but i kept a lot of my sons and daughters mm. tapes until quite recently because until you got the discs uh, because i got the disc I, once i had the the season six i was like okay those can go now but does it not bother you that you've lost those linking bits that were between the episodes i mean because some people get very attached to the adverts that were on with the shows when they were watching them and stuff like that to a certain extent but i passed the tape every tape that was we literally bagged the tapes up mm. took them down to my friend nick's house mm. and said can you just put these through your video player just to make sure there's nothing hiding on these tapes that might be rare or, um, or, 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 or you know, rare now, something mm. that was shown. Does he know, do that in real time, or does he? I don't he... know. I don't quite know what how he did it because I wasn't with him. But I think he. I think I don't think he'd have sat there and watched the whole thing. He probably would have skimmed through and, and sort of seen. Oh, I can see that this is a lot of. Uh, I mean, I know he's quite interested in, in old adverts anyway. Mm. So I'm sure, you know, he at least he was able to sort of. Yeah take an eye on, on, on it before they went. I've got one or two, if there's a certain sort of... I've still got all of the Sutton Park stuff that mm. I edited, mm. my video series, yeah. because that's the only copies of those. I do yeah. have... So I have one or two things that mm. are kind of... 
um, I haven't cut the hard work mm. to get to get rid of. Um, I mean, I know sometimes people are just have, have personal films that they made family events. But what mm. fascinates me though is, is that that you've got this you know this stack of of videos. Because, like you say, I mean, I I recorded stuff for a very long time. Quite mm. a lot of it was stuff like there were shows that we couldn't get Channel Five at our house, so no. people used to tape the uh, the Channel Five, the American crime dramas, and every few weeks we'd get a stack of Law and Order, NCIS, uh, CSI, stuff like that. Shows when we were doing this, and you know, I've still got a box full of those, and of course they would all have the adverts that were with them at the time. Mm. But it's kind of like. I'm very conscious of if I stacked up all the various tapes with what was mostly on them, I would probably mostly have crime dramas. Would it be that you, if you stacked up your tapes before you got rid of them, they would mostly have been sons and daughters and neighbours? I never had a lot of neighbours on video because... Right, you just used to watch it. It was, I sort of, I, I don't think, I wouldn't say I became a fan of neighbours until about 10 years ago. Right. Really, I, I, I watched it. Went back when everybody watched it, mm. but um, when I was at university, it was too difficult to keep, keep up with, and I never. Mm. There was a couple of times where, and I think we had UK Gold, and I have a feeling on UK Gold they were showing some early episodes around the time I was getting ready mm. for work. So I, I went through a few months of watching whatever they were showing then, mm. and then it, it, it was only when some prisoner actresses were appearing. Mm. I, or I, somehow where I read that so-and-so was, who played so-and-so in Prisoner of H was coming in. Mm. So I, I sort of started watching and then I kind of decided actually uh, I might start watching Neighbours. And then after I'd watched Neighbours for a while, I kind of thought I could probably add home and away to this because mm. I, was, I was at the stage where I kind of stopped watching Corrie and mm. wasn't finding English soaps or British soaps very interesting anymore. Mm. Um, but, but you were still watching those linear and live and it wouldn't have crossed your mind to start actually filling up tapes with them i was past the point well by the time i was doing it i mean 10 years ago it would have it, we were already on to like sky boxes and things right. i don't think i'd recorded anything probably not since the, the 90s because mm. pretty much by then if you liked a show you kind of knew it was going to be out on dvd in the next few months mm. and i'd use i'd sort of think, well i saved me bothering mm. uh, i'll just buy the dvd when it comes out well it does strike me that i I remember I, I had you know half a shelf that was just X Files I'd taped off BBC Two and uh, Friends I'd, I'd taped off Channel Four and I think lots and lots of various iterations of Star Trek until I mm. decided I was never going to get round to watching these again and then of course yeah you start I mean back in the day when you were buying the tapes of these series you got two episodes on a tape didn't you and yeah and yeah. and now you can sort of pick up entire seasons for well less than the tenor or entire you know the entire complete series of something for less than 40 quid i mean it, mm. the world of that kind of viewing changed and yet somehow it still felt it still felt weird to think about throwing away the tapes you know it's kind of it's kind of odd like that that somehow you I, I always feel like now the tapes are a kind of a slice of your actual life although your friend nick going through i mean if you go through them at I mean, some of them are eight-hour tapes. You can only watch one a day, really. Can't yeah, I, think, you? I, I also I have the same thing uh, as that as you you have about the tapes about mm. DVDs being upgraded to Blu-rays. Mm. I've been buying the Doctor Who Blu-ray sets, but I'm not getting rid of my DVD copies. Whereas no. I know people who are who are strapped for space mm. have 
but to me now the dvd copies are copies that i could bring over to a friend's house to show mm. or if I, I used to go on holiday to sort of like cottages where you know where, where mm. you'd have a video player like and so i i kind of think well you know if something happens to to, to them then that's not it's so important now but i'm not I'm not getting rid of my old copies. No. I mean, I've got a lot of... I've got the Avengers on video, yeah. DV, uh, sorry, on DVD. I've mm. got some series... And you've got all of them. Before. And you've got and them all as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not getting rid of them until they fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but some fans... I mean, they only have to announce a new release of a Blu-ray and they immediately sell off... Even before it's been released, they'll sell off their discs, you know, their DVDs. And it does kind of seem weird sometimes that, I don't know, that you're taking a bit of a punt that everything is going to be yeah. on them that was on them before. I, I think like I think there's a slow turn now. In the last few months, there's been quite a number of things in the press where people have kind of started to get wise to some of these streaming services. Mm. And I read just the other day some, like, I can't even remember which one it was, but a load of shows are coming off mm. and people who are fans of those shows who probably got rid of their physical copies. Mm. So I know a lot of people who have just junked all of their DVDs mm. and, and they've just put all their faith in streaming, but you can't trust those companies, mm. a lot of them. And, and, and it's been proved time and time again. And I think people are going to begin to realise that they do need to, if they can get them, now they've sold them, get them back then they ought to keep their their physical copies and only last week i think it was the hmv megastore reopened on oxford street in london mm. so oh, right. it does feel like they they some of the i mean some of those mm. places closed because they went bankrupt but hmv has been sort of slowly kind of coming back in a few places maybe slightly mm. smaller smaller but i mean having a hmv on oxford street again is a good sign Mm. that um i mean i don't know if they're just selling if they've mm. slightly changed what they used to sell to to some other stuff to um because there are less things to buy physically but i'm mm. not sure i haven't actually visited it myself but it's, it's it seems like a good sign that maybe yeah we've gone too far and now we're kind of people are kind of coming back to, to it and they're having they're realizing that yeah, it's a bit like you know, like vinyl having a research mm. and stuff. Although I, I must admit, I was eternally grateful that people did get rid of their collections because the charity shops have been <laughs> an absolute gold mine for uh, a very cheap gold mine for for should we say filling in some gaps and finding some shows that I hadn't maybe thought about although obviously i do get the eye roll because oh god there's another stack of discs coming to the house the other beautiful thing about this is is that i used to be quite prejudiced against second-hand discs anyway because i used to think that people you know they, they didn't look after their discs the same way i did and they'd have scratches and thumbnails and everything like that but what you realize is the stuff people give away is the stuff they haven't watched much <laughs> yeah yeah so actually yeah, it's sometimes in pretty yeah. good nick you know yeah i i have when it's come to sort of Christmas and birthday this year, I've been kind of thinking, do I want DVDs because mm. of... Although I have got a drive for my laptop, mm. although it's, it's weird. You buy these drives and they don't seem to come with the software to actually uh, use them. You have mm. to find them on like the, the Windows shop yeah. or whatever. And, but then you're, there's, a, there's about 100 different apps. Possibilities. That, yeah, and, and none of them seem to work that great, but... Yeah, I can watch through my laptop. But, I mean, a couple of laptops ago, and you'd have just had a, a DVD drive in in the laptop. But mm. they don't do that now because it's considered that 
I guess you used to use a CD to load up your word, word and all those sorts of things mm-hmm. when you first they can't you kind of have to have a drive in the but you, now you you don't but mm. um it is but becoming yeah. more and more difficult to find things to actually play dvds on and, yeah. and blu-rays on really. yeah. yes i i um did ask um one friend for the show 1990 with edward woodward oh, yes. I, have, I haven't seen it yet and i'm not quite sure i some 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 friends were talking about it and mm. i just kind of I thought, well, okay, maybe I'll try it. Edward Wood, 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 Wood. He would, yes. he would, definitely he would. Um, mm. So I, I've got that, but when I'll get round to watch it, I'm not mm. sure. Um, but well, you see, that's the interesting thing to me. You see, as I said earlier about taping all of the X Files or all the X Files that was on back in the '90s, the X Files now the entire run has dropped as uh, dropped as the kids say no has appeared on uh, channel 4 on its uh, free streaming service oh. so the entire show is there and it's kind of interesting to me because whether it will be there for a long time i don't know but you you realize that some of the shows that i used to watch and record are all there and yet there are other shows that are not as available. I mean, I don't know whether 1990 is, is on uh, BritBox, for example, mm. but it's, uh, you know, I, again, I picked it up on disc a few years ago. I think I've not actually finished watching it yet, but, you know, I mean, again, that's the nature of being somebody who talks about television. Sometimes you, you talk about television so much you haven't got time to watch any of it, and you end up with stacks and stacks and stacks of episodes of things you've still not got around to watching. But I find that Christmas and birthdays are a good time to ask for those mm. DVDs that you're kind of like, if it's not if it's no good then it doesn't matter because you know mm. i didn't spend i it was a present that i requested and you know how many birthday presents are just mm. sort of ephemeral or like someone buys you a nice mm. box of chocolates you can't not mm. every not every birthday present or christmas present you get is for, is forever no. so if, if it happens that at least you've watched you've got to watch that program mm. And you decided you didn't like it, but it's not like you wasted your own money. It was... It was uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, very mercenary. Very, very mercenary. Yes, indeed. So um, if, you were, if you were thinking about it today, you know, because I, I know you have quite a comprehensive collection, don't you, really, of, of uh, watchable, yeah, as, as many people who talk about and watch a lot of archive television do. Is there anything you're still looking for? Um... It's a very difficult question because actually... Today, I probably can't think of anything. And then suddenly something will pop into my mind. and go, oh, I'd quite like to see that. Funnily enough, I was uh, this very week, I was uh, editing uh, one of our shows that were, where we talked about the Ghosts of Motley Hall. And I realised that, I, oh, I need to, yeah. So I managed to pick up a copy of that this week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all your fault, Paul. It's all your fault. Well, no, it's the same when you and I talk about music on, on my show. Um, and I end up going down rabbit holes whilst I'm editing, just, just so that I... I think, oh, we mentioned that group. I really ought to hear what that group sounds like. Um, and sometimes they end up spending money as well, even. But, uh, uh, mm. but um, there's a, a show called Strange Paradise, which was right. the Canadian attempt to do Dark Shadows, in, oh, okay. which lasted from, I think it was very late 69 to 70. And it's, I didn't know anything about it. It's all on, mm. it is actually all on YouTube. But, uh, and I think there are sort of, knockoff copies it's one of those things mm. where i think the copyright is a bit muddy as to who even owns it anymore ah, um, but it would be not, it, i i i have sort of watched it on youtube um mm. but it's you, often the episodes are broken into bits which is annoying it's because they're mm. only 21 minutes or whatever but then mm. but it, you know it'd be nice to have it on a, a, bo- a little box set but um mm. it's only about 
two hundred episodes or so, because mm. um, it was a da- it was a daily show like Dark Shadows was. Mm. It, it's a supernatural soap rather than being that similar to Dark Shadows. Um, uh, but mm. uh, it's quite curious. I only heard about it because a friend of mine in America mentioned it, and I had to go just a bit back up, back up. <laughs> I don't know what this show is, and he's like, oh, mm. I thought you would because you're a Dark Shadows fan. Mm. Like, no, I never heard of it. Well, that's the other thing you we've talked about in the past. You actually had people who recorded stuff for you in the days of videotape. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, from from things like well, because I lived in a house in the mid nineties where I had no mm. TV reception, so my my mum used to record things like Home and Away just so that I had something I could stick on over tea. Mm. So she did that somewhere along the way. We stopped stopped doing that but um for a while yeah i didn't i, I didn't have access so i couldn't video anything I, mm. I so i had to i could watch videos but um i could i so so there were those sort of circumstances but then um like you we didn't have channel five and mm. i i had this situation where i watched prisoner for lots of years but they right. um, my rtv region got rid of it ah. before it was finished because channel five was, took over but right. of course, we didn't have Channel Five, so um, I got again Nick. He did the last year or so for mm. me, and Lisa did a lot of Dark Shadows for me because that was on Sci-Fi Channel or something. Right. Um, I was going to say I I know that you had accumulations of Dark Shadows, but I didn't know where it was. Yeah, I have found. I have yeah. two friends. I think it was Andy did. My friend Andy did about say half the series. And mm. then, for whatever reason, or he either stopped having sci-fi or channel because mm. it might have been when he still lived with his uh, with his family, and then mm. he moved away, so he didn't have any more. But Lisa did, so mm. Lisa. It was arranged that Lisa would take over. You see, my mm. friends look after me. Um, so all um, these tapes were flying around in the post, were they? Or, or did you um, just we turn saw up each with other a carrier enough. bag every so often. <laughs> yeah, we saw each other enough because we were often neither doing our movies or our Sutton, or Sutton Park. Mm. So we saw each other quite a lot in the nineties. Mm. So yeah, it would just be oh here's oh um, here's twenty quid for another box of tapes sort of thing. Uh, ah, you, you didn't recycle the tapes then? You oh, actually... God. oh, I kept them all. Yeah, kept them right. all. Um, I, I I never. I don't think I, I. I still to this day don't think I've seen the last six months, even though I had it on video. Mm. So, sorry, Lisa. Uh, I've got it. I've had it on DVD for for years, and I've still not got onto those last episodes. I mm. um, I just. There's just not enough time in the day. Even though I'm not working, mm. then there's not enough time in the day. But, mm. um, but there will there will be one day, I hope. But well, this is it. I mean, you kind of. I mean, I I sort of look at the the amount of uh, discs I've not watched yet and think, well, that's been retirement. So unless I get hit by a bus or something, which will make it all terribly pointless. But then again, I won't know much about it, I suppose. Is it's kind of it is kind of weird, isn't it? When you were so eager to see the show, do you find you've got that? I find I've got that relationship. I can order a series because I really want to see it. And then I'll realise I've had it on the shelf for, I don't know, a year and I've not actually watched it. And I thought, well, I really, really, really thought I wanted to see that show. And then suddenly there it is. And I'm not watching it because there's so many other things. Yeah, I mean, a good example of that. I mean, we think we briefly talked about it. In one of our chats this year, mm. there was that Australian soap called Chances that was two seasons mm. and starts off very home and away and ends mm. up with demons and and mad Nazis. And, right. And, okay. and that sounds perfect. Mm. And I've only got through about the first two episodes. 
mm. I've had it now. It was my treat to myself because I, mm. I really, really wanted to see it. But as soon as mm. I owned it, I, I kind of I flicked through some of the discs. Mm. I thought it is very early nineties in mm. in a way that I used to feel about the eighties, like from about from, from the sort of after about the first few years of the eighties, mm. I used to hate say eighties uh, horror films because it mm. just looked too too trashy to me i've I've mellowed i can watch 80s horror mm. films now but the 90s still looks pretty awful to me yeah. at least the cheap stuff looks pretty yeah. awful to me of the 90s i haven't it hasn't quite my head hasn't quite got there to it and yeah, yeah chances didn't but do you think there's something about the fact that you've got it means you can watch it yeah, means you don't actually have to watch it because you know you could if you wanted to <laughs> I do, it's weird I do isn't it I, I i i do find that with a lot of television I, over the years i mean i've i've you know when you think about a series i just think oh i love that as a kid and oh, i really like to see that now some you know the the discs have arrived the box set has arrived and i have dutifully worked my way through it over the course of the next two or three weeks or months or however we're watching one a morning or one an evening or whatever but some of them you just think it's still in the cellophane and i don't know whether i'm getting worse at that i seem to be at the moment i seem to be acquiring more television than i could ever possibly watch <laughs> and it's actually starting to become a bit of a worry that you <laughs> kind of think you know if i actually sat down to watch all this stuff i would literally have to do nothing else for a year <laughs> there, there are a couple of shows uh, Desperate Housewives being one of them, and mm. Pretty Little Liars. Mm. Um, with, with Desperate Housewives, I I, I liked it and then didn't, mm. but but didn't get to see the last few years, so bought bought the whole box set. Mm. Um, but then at some point, it it turned up on oh I don't know one one of the channels that I have, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I ended up watching it. I did watch it all, but I watched it. Right. It might have been Prime. I watched it all the way through for free on. Streaming, streaming. Um, right. in the end, just because it was just easier to. Um, and yet, you still have the box. Set. I still have the box set. I mean, but when am I going? I, I mean, I probably will go back. To, I did enjoy watching all the way through. I probably mm. will watch it but again. Will it, if it's still on streaming, well, I just think, oh, well, the streaming's the easiest. Option. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Has it disappeared from streaming? I don't you, know. You know. I'm not sure. It may have done. Um, yeah. I think. I think I was. I was. Re, I was rewatching Lost in that. Mm. In that uh, way, and I think that did vanish. Pretty Little Liars, I bought, uh, having watched it all and thinking, well, I would like to watch this again sometime, mm. but I don't know where it will be. But mm. it, it, that's a weird series, because I think I saw it on Netflix. But so it, it turned up on iPlayer for you know, for an, Amer for an American yeah. show. I, I, I don't know why iPlayer ended up showing it. And I, as of today, I don't know where it is mm. on streaming. Um, but if I do want to watch it, I, I think I would kind of hope i could find it on a streaming service for free before i mm. bothered with the opening the box set which is mm. weird but we bandy these things around i mean you know you lose track really of the boxes that say the complete this the complete that and uh, everything mm. like that and you actually you look at them sometimes and i just think well that's that's like one inch of the of the shelf or half an inch of the shelf and that's the complete run of a show that you know lasted five seasons and you know there were 22 episodes a year and you suddenly think well that's that one thing on the shelf is a hundred hours to watch it you know and then you look at the rest of the shelf and you think oh my god there's <laughs> just you know if you take that one box and and think that's a hundred hours and there's that 
you know, and he suddenly becomes a frightening amount of just time sitting watching television. Now, obviously, for the purposes of what we're doing on this show, sitting oh. watching television is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. But you do sometimes get terrified that some of these complete like 10 year runs of American comedies, which I know the actual episode is going to be 22 minutes, mm. but even so you know, there's you know, 100, 150, 200 episodes of a show. And yet the other side of that coin is when you actually do do that on, you know, say you uh, have Netflix or whatever streaming service and you decide to watch say, something like Park, Parks and Rec or, or The Office or something like one of those series and and you find yourself binge watching six or seven episodes a time and you threw it in a fortnight and you think how did we watch 130 episodes of that show how did we find the time in the last two weeks to do that and yet uh, you know it can be done but i also have the problem this is all this is when we were when we were talking uh not long ago and, and and you were my psychiatrist about some of the ways that I watch TV. Ah. But I, I we were thinking we were talking about the, the Simpsons and how ah, yes. uh, when I suddenly had access to the Simpsons, I didn't go, oh, let's go back to the the stuff I watched in 1989. Mm. I was like, no, I want to see how the Simpsons looks in 2022. Mm. And um, the same when Neighbours was made available. I, I, I mm. No, I didn't go back to the stuff from 87. I wanted to watch the stuff somewhere in the middle that I'd never seen. Mm. And, and and then the same with, you know, I have a lot of stuff that I I have, but I'm not the sort of person who can like sit down and watch Blackadder through yeah. every year, every year. I, I If I watch, I mean, I can probably watch Blackadder now because I haven't seen it for ages, but I do have mm. problems. I mean, the good thing about Doctor Who is there is so much of it. Um, you can not watch a story for 10 years and then come back to it. But I need almost 10 mm. years, unless it's a real, real, real favourite. Um, mm. I, I, I like to almost have kind of forgotten some of the edges, which mm. is difficult with Doctor Who, because I used to probably watch them more regularly. Mm. Um, but it, but I still have three copies of some of the stories. Mm. Yeah, but, but, but something like Blackadder specifically, I mean, you know, it, it's finite and it's very, very finite. I mean, the actual... Yeah amount of episodes is what uh, 24 plus a couple of specials so mm. and the half hours so 24 episodes of Blackadder is 12 hours you could watch all of Blackadder in a day and not think <laughs> you were wasting your life you know whereas some of these other shows you know I see box sets coming for say a fairly random series. I mean, it's turned up on on Channel Four, but like Bones. I don't even remember Bones, but it was a a crime uh, series from about. 20 years oh. ago, started about 20 years ago, ran for 12 seasons. Now, 12 seasons of a show that's 22 a year is, mm. a, it's a heck of an investment of time to suddenly decide, you know, if if you decide, oh, I'll, I'll start streaming that particular show. And I know it's fair enough if that's your show and that's the one you want to watch, you will probably work your way through it in two or three months. But then you start to think, but that's just one show. And then there's this show. And then there's this show. You know, it's, an enormous amount of, of commitment to basically sitting on your ass and actually sort of absorbing something without actually doing anything yourself. You know, I mean, what I admire about you is, and, and, and to a certain extent, my own efforts as well, is that 
you are at least putting something back. You are doing something. You're not just sitting and consuming. You know, well, the, the fact yeah. is that, that, you know, okay, you're not making television. I'm not making television. We're making radio. We're making mm. audio. Uh, but at least it's it's not completely passive. There's a purpose yeah. to it. You know? I'm not very good at being just passive like that. I, uh, mm. um, any. Uh, it's like, like you I think, wanted to make your own television program. I well, mean, yeah, that, that's a pretty like, impressive and I, and I thing like, to want to do <laughs> as a as a teenager. And I, I think, and I feel like I kind of, even though it was a very amateur TV program, I feel still feel like I was the Russell T Davis of my of my. <laughs> so I feel like I've kind of done that. Um, I, it's just, it's just the way I feel. I, I can't explain it, but I kind of feel. Yeah, I was a showrunner for eight years. Mm. Um, and and had to kind of, you know, I, I had to make all the decisions <laughs> for mm. better and worse, um, and the same in a way with a with a podcast. But mm. um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's why I play. I think in some ways you may have had to do it more. Do you think in some ways you you kind of appreciate what a showrunner does from having done that? In a in a ridiculous sort of way. Yeah, because I, in some ways, I, I know you weren't dealing with budgets, and, and I know you were dealing no. with actors, and I know you were dealing with locations and, and plots and scripts. But actually, you were doing a heck of a lot more than perhaps some of them have to do because it was all on the shoulders of you <laughs> trying to do this thing. And I know that's not—I know it's a—it's a very simplified way of looking at it. But <laughs> but you know, the the actual showrunner probably has somebody who can do stuff for them. Yeah, I I, I sort of look back at some of the stuff I did. And thought, God, I went all the way up the Morven Hills just to recreate a scene that I'd done mm. three or four years before. Travelling from Birmingham, just I, mm. I cared enough to kind. Of, I mean, mm. it was exercise, and I did like walking. Uh, but I, you know, mm. looking back at some of the stuff I did, I'd kind of forgotten quite how dedicated I was to to, to the mm. cause. But um, mm. going, I was just going to go back to something you were saying about um, uh, thinking about box sets. But I, have oh, two, yeah. I have two problems with box sets. Um, the, the ones that release, like, season one to four box set, where they know mm. the show is going to go, is still, you know, Running. they do one to four. Mm. And then next year, I mean, there'll be... The one the, to five. The one, the one to five to one. And, yeah. and, and, mm. and, and this, I remember, I remember this is what I did with Pretty Little Liars. I, uh, well, I think I was watching when it was still ongoing, mm. but I think I found out quite soon after I was watching that there was only going to be one more season. Mm. Uh, so I thought, okay, well... I won't. I want to buy it instinctively. I want to buy it today, but uh, there's another season to come, so it'd be better mm. wait a year, and I'll be able to mm. buy a complete box set. Mm. Um, but then you go on Amazon, and all of the different versions for the box sets are still mm. available. Yeah. They don't take the, they don't take the the one to four mm. off Amazon now. I, I never quite got over Channel Four releasing spaced and then releasing spaced with an extra disc about a year later, and because so, I, I thought I had the complete spaced, but now you've done another spaced. It's uh... Yeah, it's a it's a weird one, isn't it? It it you kind of feel. I always feel that if your box set says the complete on it, you should be able to get the next one free. <laughs> yeah, um, they should give you that because you've bought what you believed was a complete show. The other problem is now there are some shows I like that instinctively again I would like to buy, uh, but they're not being made. They're not. Available. They're not being made available, which is. Very frustrating. And but why do you think you want to, if they are available for streaming, why do you think you really want to still own the physical because TV? Because you know you don't, well, you know, they can't be trusted not to. Well, well yes, yeah, I mean, I get that. But, I mean, do you still feel there is a kind of comfort in knowing? I mean, like I say, if you are watching Desperate Housewives off the streaming service, is there a comfort 
we're actually still thinking, ah, yes, but if they take it away tomorrow, even if they don't take yeah, it away think... tomorrow, but if they do take it away tomorrow, I could still watch that show. Because you've got to be honest and say that that there is that show, but, oh, look at all these shows. And, <laughs> you know, I find, I used to find, I, when I used to lend people discs, which I don't do very often because you don't get them back, but, uh, but <laughs> you know, mm. I know some people, but, um, you know, it, what I used to find was I was never bothered about a show and I'd lend it to somebody or a film even though I'd lend it to somebody. And the minute I lent it to somebody, it became the only thing I really wanted to watch. I don't know if you've got that. I just It suddenly becomes, it's like it's been clicked on in your brain as I think I'd like to see. You know, and it's, it's a really odd mental phenomenon, if you like. It, it is weird. The, the show Shit's Creek is, mm. is a Netflix show. I, I, or at least that's how I, I, I've seen it. But that is available on on DVD as a box set, mm. and yet something um, like uh, Stranger Things, say, mm. is also on Netflix, but mm. you couldn't buy that as a box set. I, 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 there must be something in the small print that has demanded the clearances that... clearances on the music, I suppose, but it's... Because cause, um, both uh, my flatmate and I have decided, yeah, we, we, like, we like ghosts, mm. and being that it's on iPlayer, that probably wouldn't be going anywhere, but mm. we both said, oh, once this final episode goes out at Christmas, mm. or which probably would have gone up by the time this goes out, um, we'll, we'll look into getting a box set because we'd like... <laughs> you see, to... I was just editing you saying you'd never seen it this this very week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what it is. Now I'm in, on season five and, and sort of... Oh. Um, I'll, be ready, I'll be ready for the last episode when it's the last episode. Um, but, uh, yeah... It is talk... weird though, isn't it? Because I think a lot of these things come down to whether they think it can sell. I mean, there obviously are still shops, like you say, HMV has had a bit of a resurgence, and there are still shops that are full of box sets of television shows. And you can't, well, I mean, you possibly can own them all, but, but you know, most of us don't want all of television in our house. You know, we, we, we do pick and choose, but these sets do become available and they do, you know, they are, there is enough of a, of a market out there for, for them to actually say, right, we can put these shows together and sell think Stranger Things would yes. be one of those shows that would be, people would be buying box sets for mm. kids, for their, for, uh, maybe not for kids, but, but for ad, maybe the adults yeah, themselves. It's not yeah. like it's a kid's show. Um, mm. it, it, it's, it's a very 80s, it, it's, a, it's a show that appeals to people from, who were around mm. in the 80s as much as to kids. Um, and I would think there are people who are but the same people who are buying Game of Thrones or whatever would, would probably quite like a box set of Stranger Things. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say no to one myself. Um, seems like a missed opportunity. But uh, but there uh, there does seem to be a, a kind of tendency amongst certain some of the platforms to want to own you keep control mm. over their uh, product, isn't there? Yeah. So you've got. Um, Certainly something like the Disney Channel seems to be more resistant to putting out these shows. And yet the thing about it is, is certainly for certain fan bases, I mean, you think about a fan base like Star Trek, you know, Star Trek is they sold the videos, we, you know, back in the day to two on a tape. As we said, they've sold the full box sets of Deep Space Nine and Enterprise and Voyager and Next Generation and the original series and the animated series. You've been able to collect those for years. New Star Trek, therefore, gets a release because people who've grown up collecting will mm. probably want to buy them again. You know, they'll probably want to have the complete set on their shelf. We, I think well, there is a kind of collector gene that doesn't like there being gaps. Yeah, I mean, I think, and the same with Doctor Who, 
mm. that, that um, you know the these the three specials um, are already you can already pre-order those on mm. on Amazon, mm. you know because they're not going to stop releasing mm. Doctor Who on DVD or Blu-ray just mm. because just because. <laughs> mm. um, actually, uh, one of my one of my other choices for things that I'm not a particular Star Trek fan. I can't remember if I own any of the seasons. Um, I, I actually asked a friend for the animated series from the 70s oh, yes. because I just sort of felt like I fancied mm. that. Maybe it's having watched The Simpsons. Mm. And, <laughs> and they're not, although they're not connected. but um, I just thought, I, I don't think I've ever seen the animated 70s oh, right. series of Star Trek. Or not only not for 30, 20, 30 years. It was probably on about the time you were being born. Paul. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I just quite like the idea of... of of them running around in cartoon form. But, it's actually, I, I bought it years ago. It's actually quite fun. It's actually a lot better written than some of that sort of thing because it's yeah. it's using the same actors. It's using quite a lot of the same writers. Mm. Uh, and it's actually, you know, they're, they're 20 minutes rather than 50 minutes. So they mm. zip along. But it's actually a nice little show for mm. its time. I, the, mm. the animation's a bit primitive these days. But, but you know, for its time, it's actually... It's not the worst thing in the world, certainly. Yeah. Um, when it comes but, to Doctor Who, then, obviously you're enjoying the new ones, but were you one of these people who used to collect or get hold of stuff that isn't widely available? Or I mean, were you, Are you a fan of things like reconstructions, or do you not particularly um, follow those? Not so much. And I never really... My attention wasn't really being held by like the CDs of missing stories, mm. even though I like the idea of them. But mm. um, so, uh, but I do really like the animations. Mm. So the ones that they've done, uh, the, the Trout, mostly Troughton ones they've mm. done, the animations, it is almost been the first time mm. that I've engaged with those stories. I could, probably mm. couldn't have told you, say, what Evil of the Daleks was like, mm. because the, the book for that one didn't come out until sort of right at the end end of mm. the range, probably after I wasn't really reading target novelizations mm. anymore. So I don't know if I could have really told you the plot of either the Daleks or mm. or the detailed plot of Fury from the Deep or Faceless mm. Ones. So it was the first time I connected with some of those stories mm. with the animations. Um, well, I think the interesting thing for us, I mean, when I was talking about Star Trek fans and, and liking their complete shelf with all, all the various iterations of Star Trek on it, I mean, the thing about Doctor Who fans is that because there are those missing episodes, it's actually at the moment impossible for them to have a complete set of Doctor Who. And yet you do, people post pictures of their collections and they do have, I don't know whether they're empty boxes or they've got just reconstructions in them, but some mm. of the shows that you know aren't available, they still have them on the shelf in the space almost like they're waiting yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're waiting for things but i suspect it's just that they've got some of these um reconstructions of episodes mm. that have been done online and they've presumably downloaded them and, and put, burned them onto a disc not, not so long ago um when, when when doctor who first went on to iplayer i thought mm. i'd try and watch one or two stories that mm. I, I do have on dvd somewhere mm. but not necessarily to find them i thought well i'll watch my iplayer to support iplayer mm. and um one of them I watched was Patrick Troughton's story, The Invasion. Oh, yes. And um, that has a couple of episodes that are animated. Mm. And I enjoyed, I, th I think it's widely considered that the people, that, that might have been Cosgrove Hall one. It was Cosgrove. Yeah, they're, they're very good. And um, 
but, but some of the quality, unfortunately, of the filmed episodes, the original episodes, mm. are very dark and a bit mm. muddy in places. And I thought, I'd still want to see those, but mm. I also kind of would like to see an eight-part animated version of it because <laughs> the, the, I wish they kind of animated everything mm. because it was so, it was so good. The, the episodes that were animated. That, isn't it? Because obviously when there's only one episode, they do tend to animate that as well yes, the other way yeah. around i think the, yeah was it the abominable snowman or something they they actually there is a an existing episode but they also made an animated version of that yeah and i, I think it's an interesting thing that actually isn't it that you've got this kind of two-way street and uh yeah it would be interesting to see that but i suspect budgetly yeah that people yeah. would rather they did i don't know wheel in space or something just yeah. to to make sure that that actually had some kind of representation. Well, I, you know, I like. I mean, I probably did read the book of Women's Space, but I couldn't tell you what mm. f- filled every episode of that. I'd be up. For, I'd be up for seeing an animation, mm. uh, or something like Space Pirates, which I really mm. don't know much about at all. So, so I think uh, ultimately, as as we wind to the end of our hour, I think we've basically agreed that we are still in the target market. They're still going to find new ways of flogging us stuff, aren't they? Really, yes. it's, it's it's going to keep happening. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And is your house completely full of of discs and tapes? It, and... It's um, it's sort of kept within. It's, it's it's not sprawled. It's not escaped off the shelves. That even if the shelves are two two discs deep, mm. there's nothing. Actually, my flatmate's love of books is more of a problem. With we've run out of space for his books. Uh, I mean, I, I've stopped buying books mainly because I've gone digital, but. Mm. Um, uh, the books I did have, and now all the books he continues to buy, mm. has got to the point where. But my DVDs are sort of relatively. Mm. Um, they're not in order, but they're they're relatively. You don't you don't live in fear of there being a total collapse sometime, and you just being found under a pile of shiny discs or anything. Like no, that. no, not not too bad. And luckily, I'm on the ground floor, so there's no problem with <laughs> with, with with falling any lower. But, uh, well, at that point, I think we'll probably wind it up for today, Paul. So yep. um, let's hope in the end that uh, you can just wish you a lot of happy viewing of all your discs and uh, and indeed your flatmates uh, reading as well. Yeah. I think you've basically both got a, a lot of years ahead of you of just <laughs> of enjoying whatever medium you like. So thank you very much for sharing today, Paul. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You take care. Speak to you soon. You steal your woman out from under your nose Does anyone know the way to be a someone say? We just haven't got a clue what to do Does anyone know the way? There's got to be a way Thanks to Paul Chandler, the Shy Yeti, for joining me for that very personal insight into his own enjoyment of collecting and consuming television through the years. So that's yet another Vision on Sound on the brink of being rewound for another week. My thanks to everyone at Fab Radio International for not snapping the little plastic square off our record protect hole. And my thanks must also go out to all of you for listening. As ever, I have been Martin and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now and take care.